It's gonna be scary. Not for us. All engine running. Lift off. on Thompson steps right, shoots for the win of three. He got it. He got it. Same my first rodeo. To the basket, turns Schroeder around. Russell Westbrook's house, the three and the lead. You betcha. Covington biggest shot of the game, and he hits it. The corner, PJ Tucker. what is up and welcome to another episode of locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball part of the locked on podcast network your team every day as always i'm your host jackson gatlin you can catch me on twitter at jt gatlin and of course our show is also on twitter at locked on rockets and hey if you appreciate everything we do here at locked on rockets do me a huge favor hit the subscribe button on itunes or spotify drop us a review leave us some stars and above all else share the podcast on social media i would sincerely appreciate it for today's show we are going to run back some of Daryl Morey's audio from his media availability. We'll run that back for the first couple segments. And then in segment three, we'll talk about some of the the things that he discusses with his uh, media availability and as well as maybe a couple other topics that I want to get to in that final segment. So without any further ado, let's just jump right into what Daryl had to say. All right, you ready? We're going to start with questions. Uh, Jonathan Fagan. Jonathan. It's been too long, man. Hi. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no, I'm happy to happy to. You do. couldn't get a few more rocket items on you, you like a scarf. I need, or something? I need the background with like like high flute books that make me seem smart. That's what I that's what I really need. I should have gone virtual bookshelf. Hold on, I think I can set that. No bookshelves, uh, Daryl. At this point, I don't know if you've had yesterday's test results, but can you tell us how many positives you tests, if any, you have received so far, the Rockets have received either in the recent testing or, you know, go back to March and how many will be on the plane on Thursday? If, if not everybody. Well, I hate, I hate to sort of dodge, but not on purpose. The, the league offices sent out a memo last night, maybe because I think the media is understandably very interested in this. They sent out a memo that, they had had a discussion with the MBPA and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're not at liberty to really talk about the details of, of all that, but I would say, look, every, every team is obviously every person in the world is really dealing with these challenges. Uh, the NBA has put a good plan together. We're following every, every part of that protocol and, you know, we're going to be uh, on the plane to Orlando Thursday after you know, all the final days of testing and following those protocols. And uh, we're excited to get back on. Can you say if it's everyone on the plane or less than everyone? I mean, I can't say now because like the protocols go all the way until we get on the plane. And so exactly uh, our traveling party won't be determined until then. Thanks. Uh, next question, uh, Christy. Hi, Daryl. I was just wondering with um, Mike D'Antoni being in the high-risk age group, what what concerns did you have about him, and was there any thought of maybe him not being able to go with you guys? Yeah, I mean, we have concerns of every player and staff member, and so is the NBA. And, uh, you know, they went through a very comprehensive review of every person who is, you know, on the potential traveling party. Um, uh, 
and you know, I think people know from the CDC and other places what what are the high risk factors. You know, uh, different different types of um, other conditions that increase your risk. Uh, those have all been examined. Uh, the league office has done. They reviewed every person who's in the traveling party. They have they they then came back and said. Here are a set of people that need an even further review. Uh, and that review, to my understanding, is ongoing. And the one reason I couldn't answer Jonathan's question is uh, we, have, we haven't gotten the final results of the, the further review uh, among the, uh, you know, the select folks that they wanted to do more, more investigation on. Uh, next question, Dan Wokey. Hey, Daryl. I'm terrific beard. <laughs> you know, I've had to uh, shave it horribly twice because I'm uh, I'm afraid to go to anyone who might touch. Oh, me. that's the kept version of this. That's exciting. No, this is like after shaving it down twice. Yeah. <laughs> no um, one care about my beard, but that's why I have a hat on too. My hair is like so long. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So. I'm curious, kind of, what your personal anxiety levels are about the ability to pull this off as. You know, we've seen teams have to shut down facilities. Obviously, the cases in Florida are what they are. Um, has that every day as this information comes out, does your personal anxiety go up? Well, I think I believe in the plan that's been put together by the NBA. Um, I think everyone, you know, again, this has affected everyone in the world. I think everyone has has uh, anxiety, obviously, with, uh, you know, the, the horrible um you know, results that have happened in the United States and around the world. Um, so my, my, my personal anxiety, you know, I, I have in, in my family, my wife has one of those conditions that puts her at a higher risk. So that, that obviously uh, makes things more challenging for us. Um, I think everyone's going, going through it. I think um, everyone has to assess the risks they're deciding to take on versus the upside of, of what we all have to do, which is also continue to, to live our lives. So, you know, it's a tough balance everyone seems to be going through, including myself and everyone on this call. Um, but I think we all are trying to make the smartest choice we can make. And, you know, my choice obviously is go to, go to Orlando and everyone else has had Everyone going, and that's one reason I like the NBA plan, everyone going will have had a personal choice in the matter. Next question, Michael Shapiro. Hey, Daryl. Uh, do you think that this extended layoff is going to help your team more than others, you know, just given the flurry of midseason moves that you guys had? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, in a minor way, I think people obviously, you know, want to – there's not much news right now except news that we to talk about, which is, you know, uh, dealing with a, a really horrible pandemic. Uh, but, but I would say on the basketball front, uh, all else equal, you know, because we had a major change in the components of the team, um, we, we, do, we do think a second training camp uh, benefits us because when you're integrating a, a starter – onto a very good team, you know, getting more time to drill and rep things, especially I would say on the defensive end, although offense as well, uh, will allow us to, to, you know, integrate Covington in, um, 
And I do think that slightly favors us, but you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, everyone just lines up their players and, and we're all going to be going at it. And what are some things that you and Mike uh, might be stressing to the team in order to make this kind of small ball experiment work here? Yeah. I mean, we haven't, we've had zoom calls. We haven't been able to, you know, stress a lot to the players because we're, it's not like we're doing group meetings yet. Uh, you know, I think there might, no, I don't think any of the protocols even allowed that at one point they're thinking about it. Uh, we're, we're not going to be able to have a, you know, a team meeting with everyone together until Orlando. Um, so, you know, I think we've had zoom calls with the players where coaches talked about, you know, being ready for the restart, but the major work, we're going to do the coach is going to do will be in Orlando, the major points of emphasis, things like that. But I, but I, but I do know, yeah, like on, uh, you know, in defense requires a lot of coordination and, you know, we've, we've had some great success post-trade with, uh, with Covington added to the team. Uh, we've had some really bad results um, and, you know, we've studied and learned a lot from both the good and the bad and, and coach is going to focus the guys on how to, how to eliminate those mistakes. And again, defense takes more coordination. So that's where we think this extra sort of almost second training camp will help us. Great. Thanks. Next question, Mark Berman. You're on mute, Mark. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hey, um, can you give us an update on Luke Bamute? Luke Mbamute, trying to think what rules allow me to say. There's, so we not only have the normal NBA rules, we have like, I think we're on memo 87, Tracy, or something. I think it's something around there. Um, I think I can say, you know, we're obviously Luke was a huge part of our team in the past. Um, you know, he's someone we're interested in signing. Yeah, he's a free agent, so I can talk about him. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I think there's a good chance that, uh, that, uh, you know, that that's the direction we'll go in. We'll continue along with Daryl's media day audio in just a second after a quick word from our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now basically impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your car an LX or an EX, and then you have to wait while the guy goes behind the counter to order the parts off his computer, and he's only picking from the brands that his warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket right now. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And we are back in here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Listening to Daryl Morey speak with the media at the media availability and kind of just rolling along with that audio. So we'll get back into that and then discuss it in the final segment of the pod. Next question, Tim Reynolds. Hey, Daryl, thanks for doing this. 
It's been such a weird year already, and we all know that there's a financial element to coming back. We know that there's you know platforms that players and coaches want to use for societal change. We know that's going to be a huge act in Orlando, of course. Even with all that, we just don't know about next season. We know what the numbers are in Florida. We know what the numbers are in Texas. How many times a day do you find yourself questioning, is this worth it? Like, what are we doing? Are you still in that place or are you like all in that this is absolutely the right thing to do? Well, I think we're all human. So, I think, you know, there's, there's, and it's an experience that no one's gone through. Not a single person has been through a pandemic, I don't think. I think there's some people around in 1918, but um, not anyone I know. So, um, you know, I think every day there's new info and you got to make the best decision based on that info. As I talk to you right now, I think we're, we're, we're on the right path. We're on the right plan. Um, but I think every day there's, there's new information. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what comes in the future. I, I think if anyone's certain about anything right now, uh, I think they're making a mistake. I think we all have to intelligently continue to understand the risks, manage the risks, manage the risks versus the potential outcomes and go from there. Next question, Greg Bailey. Hey, Daryl, uh, just a, a quick two-parter. Have you guys had uh, good success or any issues getting your test results in a timely manner? You, you may be aware that's an issue for Major League Baseball. And then as a second part of it, without these meetings uh, that, that you said you just can't have at this point, do you have any feel for where your team is um, just just mentally with kind of approaching all of this and, and, and taking advantage of this opportunity that you feel like you have to win a championship in spite of the circumstances? Um, on the first one, on the testing, um, not to my knowledge, Um the the results come back at different times. So I think that has to do with maybe the different backlogs that the testing centers that our tests are going through um, have experienced. So, you know, we've had some come back, you know, very early in the day, the following day, we've had some take much later into the late, mid late afternoon. That's my memory. I, I wish Keith was on, but that's from my memory. Uh, but uh, overall, Obviously, the testing is a blessing. It allows us to create a safe environment and so, um, or as safe as possible. So that's been good. Um, in terms of the team, I mean, the team has, you know, um, you know, with the exception now of uh, Tabo, uh, who, you know, for reasons he, he can answer, um, decided to opt out. And again, that's what I said earlier. I think. I like that everyone has had a personal choice in what they wanted to do. Um, and the strong feeling that Mike and I have gotten throughout on our Zoom calls have been uh, of a team with a mission that uh, are excited to, to do this. Um, but, you know, I think I, I actually have found it a little surprising reading some of the other, some of the other accounts of maybe – you know, lots of players not wanting to go. But I think a lot of that, to be fair, is the different situation. You know, if you're if you're fighting to be one of the five teams to make it in, you know, that changes your perspective versus a team that's, you know, hoping to go there and win the title. Next question, Adam Spolin. 
Uh, hey, Daryl, uh, two questions. First, are you going to Orlando? Yes. Yeah, I'll be there from day one. I, th- I think it would be pretty bad to ask the players to do something that, that I'm not doing. And then the second question, basically the last 20% of the regular season and the entire postseason will be played without fans. Have you started to project out what the salary cap may look like next year and then years after? Part of my job is to try and anticipate those things. It's extremely difficult at this point. A lot of the variables only the league office has, for example. And, um, you know, and that data is not coming yet, not not because they're holding it back. I just think they just don't have it. So uh, we've we've done our own best guess. Uh, that said, I, you know, we have a pretty locked in team. I think we have a very good locked in team, so we're comfortable with it, but we don't have a lot of moving parts in terms of whether or not we'll need cap room or not. We're probably going to have a mid-level, you know, if, uh, you know, in most scenarios. So, so I think, uh, it's not as relevant, but, uh, so long story short, no, I, I don't have that info. Uh, we have tried to look at it, but our main conclusion is it's probably not going to impact us too much uh, in terms of our ability to add players and things like that. Next question, Terrence Harris. Hey, girl, how's it going? Hey, Terrence. Hey, quick question. You've mentioned a couple of times your, your comfort level with the plan, and I just wanted to ask you, what is it about the plan that gives you that comfort? I mean, what is it? That you that you've seen or heard or, or know that makes you feel comfortable that, that this is a good thing or that it could be a workable thing. Well, I'd say obviously there's been a lot of discussions with the league office. I know the people who are behind the plan. I know they're very diligent. Like I mentioned to Tracy, we're on memo 87 of protocols and everything we're following. Um, and so, you know, I think very hardworking, smart people who, you know, I think uh, have the right objectives in mind yield the, the best result possible. So I do feel comfortable. We, we have the best plan uh, in a tough situation. Does that make the situation perfect? No, but, um, but yeah, I do think a lot of, a lot of work has been put into this, um, you know, testing every two days, testing every one day, leading up to leading to leaving to Orlando Thursday. Um, you know, it's as, it's about as safe as you can get. Thank you. We'll take two more. Next question, Kelly. Eco. Hey, Daryl. Um, hey, um, so I talked to Coach D'Antonio, and he said that, you know, talking to you and trying to plan the optimal number for rotation was nine. Can you expand on some of that, that thinking behind it? The optimal number of what? Sorry, say again. Rotation. Like, oh. Nine. So can you expand on that? Yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> um, it is true. We provide a lot of information to Mike. And what I love about Mike is that he, he you know, he can take that in and make a, and make the right call. Um I mean, you guys know how we work. We work backwards from what gives us the best chance to win, win the game, win the series. Um, sometimes that means a wider rotation to take advantage of matchups. Sometimes that means narrower. Um, and I think you saw versus Golden State, both of us were playing our players, you know, 40, 42 to 45 minutes every game and unfortunately took a toll on both of us. In both the years, we, we, we did that. But frankly, because, 
both of us worked out, Mike and Coach Kerr, that that was the best. That was our only chance to win. So uh, I think it varies by series. It varies by how likely we are to win or how unlikely. I mean, it, it varies. But for sure, Mike is very proactive in asking us for as much info as we can give him to help make the right call for each game and each series. Thank you. Last question, Michael. Hey, Daryl. Uh, one more for me. Uh, what went into the decision to add David Nwaba, you know, in place of Isaiah Hartenstein? Yeah, so David, we think, has a, a really, really good potential. And obviously you saw that had both of this year and a future component. Um, you know, you, you guys have gotten a good sense of how we're playing now and the kinds of players we need for that style. Uh, we are fully committed to that with – with coach and the players we have and, and David Nawaba, we think fits that uh, very, very well. And, um, you know, and we, unfortunately, given the rules we had to, we had to cut somebody. And uh, I do think Isaiah is going to go on to be a, a very good player. Um, but uh, at least likely not here originally. I told Isaiah when, when we moved on that, uh, We've we've um, we've sadly cut lots of really good players like uh, um, the guy we just traded for back. So so um, sometimes players need playing time somewhere where they can get it before we can get them back. It's very hard to get into our rotation, so it's very hard for young players to show what they can do. And the nice thing about Nawaba is he's had he's had a lot of run with uh, with with uh, Brooklyn, especially to show that he'll, he can fit and do it, but what we need here. And that's going to do it for Daryl. So we will hit on a couple of those talking points coming up in just one moment. And we are back in here for our final segment at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So a couple of my main takeaways from... Daryl's media day availability is first off, he is extremely high on David Nwaba. And secondly, his comments talking about the salary cap moving forward and the ramifications from this season, the, the, the loss of ticket sales, the loss of revenue and, and all of that, everything that goes into impacting the salary cap. So I'll hit on the first one first, the David Nwaba stuff. Now, I really think, and we've spoken about this before, but I do really feel like, and, and others feel this way as well, that the move to waive Isaiah Hartenstein and basically bring in what is essentially a player who cannot contribute this season in any shape or form in David Nwaba and just guaranteeing that you lock him down for next season with the team option, that signing proved to me that this team is looking at small ball for the future and hearing Daryl be as high about David Nwaba as he is and kind of just the the reasoning behind that signing and that yes you know waving Isaiah Hartenstein is unfortunate but they needed the roster spot and he just kind of didn't really fit into what they're trying to accomplish now obviously poking fun at himself with the Robert Covington bit and you know, about reacquiring old players. But really, 
it just proves to me that they are all in on this and that there is not there's not going to be any deviating from small ball. So if you're sick of small ball by this point, if you don't like it, you're going to have to get over it because this is how this team is going to play, obviously, for the rest of this season. And absolutely, I see them playing this way well into next season, unless it's just somehow a dumpster fire up until the trade deadline of next season. I don't see them deviating from this style of basketball anytime soon. So that's the first point. And the second one that I really want to address is him talking about the the salary cap and the ramifications there and talking about what the team will be able to do or not do in whatever version of an offseason they get coming up. But I and I've been very vocal about wanting Jeremy Grant on this team and I'm not sure if I've been vocal about I think I've been vocal about it on here, but I've been extremely vocal about it on Twitter. And basically, Jeremy Grant would be the ideal player for this system. There's, there's no other player that I can think of that would fit this system as perfectly as he does. He shoots 40% from behind the arc. He gives you size. He gives you length. He gives you defense. He gives you everything that you want. He can guard one through five. Everything that you would want out of a player for the Rocket small ball system, he provides. That being said based on how the salary cap is going to shift this summer because of the lack of revenue coming into the NBA because of everything going on, the tax threshold will also fall. And the Rockets are a team that currently are not a luxury tax team. They've also never paid the luxury tax during Tillman Fertitta's tenure as the owner of the Houston Rockets, uh, something that lots of Rockets fans make everybody well aware of. And even myself have, you know, I've chimed in from time to time on this podcast about it. So this summer will be really interesting because they'll have the non-taxpayer MLE to use on the likes of a one Jeremy Grant if he decides to opt out, which he's all signs point to the fact that he has decided that he will more than likely opt out of his contract with the Denver Nuggets. And he has a very strong relationship with Russell Westbrook. So if that is the case then the Rockets have almost zero reason to not pull the trigger and sign him using the full non-taxpayer MLE, which will come out to around in between $8.5 to $10 million per year, give or take. So it's slightly higher than when we signed P.J. Tucker with the non-taxpayer MLE because P.J.'s contract is sitting at, I believe it's like a hair below $8 million a year, something like that. So if the Rockets make that move, though, using the non-taxpayer MLE this summer on Jeremy Grant, they will absolutely be a tax-paying team the following season, or for for that season, the 2020-2021 campaign. So this is the this is a primo chance for the organization to put its money where its mouth is and actually duck into the luxury tax instead of avoiding the luxury tax if that's an option this summer. Or Potentially, if Jeremy Grant's not on the table, but retaining the services of Austin Rivers is on the table using the non-taxpayer MLE or or potentially another big name free agent, maybe a, you know, Serge, Serge Ibaka or, you know, Mark Gasol or even an Aaron Baines type player. If any of those guys are available this summer and the Rockets have that non-taxpayer MLE available, there's no reason to not secure one of them because the rest of the roster is locked down for the next two to three seasons. Each player, 
all the core pieces, your starting five, including Daniel House, Eric Gordon, everybody's locked down for the next two to three seasons. So you're looking to add one more major piece, and this is probably the Rockets' last chance this summer with the non-taxpayer MLE. This is probably their last chance to add a significant contributor because they don't have any trade chips. They don't have any more draft picks. They do not have a lot of trade capital to go out and acquire a difference maker or a role player that's going to get legitimate role player minutes. So all that being said, this summer is going to be the test. This summer will be the the, the final straw, in my opinion, to see if the organization's really willing to pay the luxury tax for a championship contender. And my ideal target is Jeremy Grant. But there are other targets out there that would warrant the full use of the non-taxpayer MLE. And so it remains to be seen how they're going to use it. And I'm excited to see what happens after this season. Obviously, I'm just excited for the season to come back and to see how things play out. But I'm also a big fan of the offseason and kind of watching teams retool and see how the landscape of the NBA shifts. And there, you know, that's the same for the Houston Rockets. I love seeing how they retool and, you know, regroup the roster every summer getting ready for the following season. So this is just going to be another test in a long line of tests that have been failed so far of chances for the organization to spend into the luxury tax. So we'll see where they go and what decisions are made this summer. So I think that's where I'm going to wrap things up for, for today's episode. So as always, thank you all so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.